Another happy landing. Hey guys, in today's episode, I want you all to travel back with me to the events of Revenge of the Sith after Anakin defeated Dooku and Grievous escaped. Remember the massive crash landing that almost destroyed Coruscant? Well, the movies make it look like it was just Anakin's great piling of abilities that saved them. However, it was the complete opposite. The novelization of the book explains how he literally had no clue what he was doing. We lost something. It explains how when he sat aboard the ship to control it, as it sped through the sky of Coruscant, he only had a few seconds to understand the alien language of the ship, while unable to press the buttons that were actually designed for alien fingers and hands. Added to this, there were no AFT radio control cells left, even if he could learn them. What did you say? Now, while he didn't completely stop the ship like Starkiller does using the Force, he did actually break the Jedi Code and followed more of Qui-Gon's teachings than anyone else's. This is just another one of the very early scenarios that we see Anakin break the Jedi Council's forbidden laws, which was to let the Force control the events, rather than controlling the Force to your event's favor. I'll read to you one piece from the novel for the written reference as he sits to save Palpatine and Obi-Wan's lives, and all the citizens of Coruscant below. Here we go. He extends his hands and for one long, long moment he merely strokes controls, feeling their shape under his fingers, listening to the shivers his soft touch brings to each remaining control surface of the disintegrating ship, allowing the resonances to join inside his head until they resolve it into harmony. And at the same time, he draws power from the Force. He gathers perception and luck and sucks into himself the extinctive, preconscious, what will happen in the next 10 seconds intuition that has always been the core of his talent. And then he begins. On the downbeat, atmospheric drag fins deploy as he tweaks their angles and cycles them in and out to slow the ship's descent without burning them off altogether. Their contrabass roar takes on a punctured rhythm like a heart that skips an occasional beat. The forward attitude thrusters damaged in the ship-to-ship -ship battle now fire in random directions. But he can feel where they're taking him and he strokes them in sequence, making their song the theme of his impromptu concerto. And the true inspiration, the sparkling grace note of genius that brings his masterpiece to life is the soprano counterpoint. A syncopated sequence of exterior hatches in the outer hull, sliding open and closed and open again, subtly altering the aerodynamics of the ship to just give it the exact amount of slide slip or lift or yaw to bring the huge half cruiser into the approach cone of a pinpoint target an eighth of the planet away. It is the force that makes this possible, and more than the force. Anakin has no interest in serene acceptance of what the force will bring. Not here, not now. Not with the lives of Palpatine and Obi-Wan at stake. It's just the opposite. He seizes upon the Force with a stark refusal to fail. You underestimate my power! He will land this ship. He will save his friends. Between his will and the will of the Force, there is no contest. So this is just another example of how powerful Anakin was becoming. Being able to bypass an alien ship's controls and do it all with the Force through his thoughts while calculating where the ship needed to go was just a hint of his true powers. I do believe if Padme was on that ship, and he was on looking from the Jedi Temple or down below, he would have tapped into the darkest rage he could to reach out with his hands and completely stop the ship 
as best as he could. Now we've seen Vader do this, however destructively, with rebel ships in the comics, exploding them with the force. What I find really ridiculous about this all is how the novel explains this is forbidden by the Jedi, since he controlled the will of the force, which was for them to die if he hadn't taken control. Or perhaps Anakin would have survived and Palpatine would have died, but I highly doubt that. There were seriously some flawed rules about the Jedi Order at this time, and it's exactly why Dooku left, Qui-Gon refused to be a council member, and what contributed to Anakin's rebellion. Apparently, as rumor has it, in Episode 8, we're supposed to see Luke stop a gigantic Star Destroyer with his hands in midair, exactly like how we saw Starkiller do it in the game. So does it bug you that the movie left out so many details that could have made the story sink so much better and make it that much more epic? Or do you enjoy only finding about them in the books? I know it can be timely to read the books, so I hope these videos actually make it more convenient and enjoyable for you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you can give it a thumbs up, that'd be awesome. That'd help me out like crazy. Anyways, whether you like it or not, thank you so much for watching once again. I'll see you all in tomorrow's episode of Star Wars Theory. And until then, my fellow Jedi and Sith friends, remember, the Force will be with you always.